Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader, Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our two new guests. We have Arnon and Kate uh, talking about Ben Mortara and the Thieves of the Golden Table and everything in between. Welcome to the stream, you two. How are you guys doing? Doing fabulous. Pretty good. Yeah, I had the opportunity to read this and I loved every bit of Ben's journey in this. Uh, this is an awesome new title coming from SourcePoint's uh, Press's new imprint label, uh, highlighting Jewish writers and stories from a Jewish perspective. So very excited to touch base upon that as well. Before we dive into too much of that, let's begin with the basics and talk about who you two are and how you guys got into creating comics. Sure. Uh, Kat, why don't you go first? Oh, sure. Um, well, uh, I have been kind of making art since I could uh, hold a writing utensil. Um, and I grew up in a very, very small town in southern Minnesota where we didn't have a lot of resources. So I really got into first reading like manga online. So I read a lot of manga and that was around the time I was drawing a lot more. So I kind of just decided that was what I wanted to do in about 2004. So <laughs> I just kind of never looked back. So. So uh, when did you start uh, diving into uh, sequential art? If I'm not mistaken, you have uh, done work on uh, 20 Fist? Yep, um, yep, I did 20 Fist uh, with Frankie White. That was for Source Point. I think back in 2020 it got published, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. I actually got um, hooked up with Frankie because he was already friends with my spouse who makes comics as well, James Hohenstein, and um, he was looking for somebody to do 20 Fist, and I was like, hey, I like to draw action and stuff and <laughs> so we linked up and yeah i've done a couple other things but that was my first time working with source point well that is awesome that is awesome yeah. uh so uh our uh, what about you you are a filmmaker as well as a comic writer if i'm not mistaken yes uh in fact filmmaking was the sort of primary passion for for a very long time um i mean i was i was kind of interested in making stuff up and telling stories since similar to cat since since i could string letters together and form words um but i was bitten by the film bug around when i was 10 years old and could not be cured of it so short <laughs> films in high school features in college and after um a lot of scrappy indie stuff moved out to la lived there for a wonderful decade um making movies writing screenplays um and when it came to comics i really just kind of stumbled into it um it was coming off of a short film that i made a bunch of years back called the pirate captain toledano uh is a, a short film about jewish pirates set in the 16th century caribbean um crowdfunded project uh did well played 50 film festivals all over the world and uh when I was fortunate enough to attend the screenings, there was usually a Q&A, and at the end of the Q&A, people would say, where's the rest of the story? We want more. Um, and I thought, you know, a feature-length pirate swashbuckler was a bit of a heavy lift. Um, so I started exploring other ways that I might be able to tell more of the story. And at around that time, uh, I had some friends who were writing comics and working a little bit in the comics space. So I reached out to them and said, tell me how this comics thing works. Give me some guidance. Give me some pointers. <laughs> um, one thing led to another, and I ended up writing and getting released a middle grade graphic novel called Jose and the Pirate Captain Toledano uh, that expands on the story of the short film. Uh, that was a 
crazy, um, you know, getting thrown right into the deep end kind of experience going from not really being familiar with the comics world to having a book deal with a publisher and having to write that comic script and, uh, you know, working with the illustrator and figuring out how to do it as I was going. Uh, that book came out last May. It's been doing well, I'm happy to say. Um, and people are still coming to me and saying they want more of the story. So oh, now, that's awesome. now we have to convince the publisher to do a sequel. But um, that's how I fell into it. And then uh, because of that book, I spoke on a panel at Comic-Con in San Diego uh, this past summer and uh, met Josh Werner from Source Point. And mm -hmm. one thing led to another. Now I'm working with them, um, helping to you know run this new Jewish comics imprint. Congratulations on that. Was that your first uh, book uh, before uh, Ben Mortera? Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, prior to that, it had been only, you know, film, TV, web series kind of stuff. Oh, that, that is awesome. So what's it like, you know, writing movies compared to writing comics? Is it a big transition or uh, did, did you kind of like go into it a little bit smoother than you thought? So it turned out to be easier than I thought because there are a lot of ways that you can write a comic script and I just chose a format that's very similar to a film or a TV script. Uh, and that way I didn't have to change the way that I was writing too much, but there are some interesting differences in, I guess, storytelling strategy. And one of my favorites that, that I sort of thought about early on and have been applying to everything that I write is that with a movie, if you have a moment that's a little bit, slow that you know where you lose the audience's attention for a minute it's okay because you can do something exciting and get their attention back because mm -hmm. uh, the movie continues whether the audience is paying attention or not but with a book if the audience loses interest if the reader loses interest they're not going to turn the page and you're done like the, the yeah. book does not continue if the reader stops reading and so i started paying a lot of attention to what is that bottom right panel on the right side page? <laughs> What's that last moment that happens uh, on a page that's going to get the reader to lean in and say, oh, I want to turn the page. I want to actually move my hand and grab that corner and move this thing. Um, and so thinking in those terms created a different, a different rhythm to the action and sort of forced things into a different shape than they might have been if... Uh, if this were a movie or a TV show. Uh, but yeah, I found that a lot of the other stuff, thinking about the structure of the story, thinking about character arcs and motivations and even dialogue to some degree uh, worked very similarly. And the idea of visual storytelling, trying to come up with descriptions of images that express what I want to express so that you don't have characters sitting around and just talking the whole time. Um, that was all very, very similar. It felt like those were very transferable skills. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kat, uh, speaking of like sequential art and, and action-packed, you know, jamness, like this book is is starting off with a lot. Uh, how, what was your initial yeah. impression when you first got the script and, and started working on it? Um, I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. It really does kind of, uh, the characters hit the ground running <laughs> right away in issue Literally. one. I think that's the very first, <laughs> the very first page even. There's a lot of, um, a lot of action. I love doing action. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. When I first read the script, I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of fun interplay between the characters. Um, I also kind of um, 
I don't, can I talk about the ash can at all? Like, because I don't think it's getting like released or anything. But I also illustrated the ash can, so I had a little bit of familiarity with the character of oh, Ben. Yeah, there it is. Um, so I had a good time seeing, you know, his story progress a little bit more and get all new characters. So yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's always interesting adapting uh, what's in the script, lots of historical sites that um, I haven't been to yet. So there's a lot of logistics figuring out like, okay, which part of this historical building in this different country are we are we focusing on now? And, and how do I map this out? So that was a little bit challenging, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Oh, so you guys used uh, like real locations? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That, yeah, that is that is awesome. So uh, what went into uh, creating the script for you? Uh, you know, you used real life uh, locations. Uh, was there anything else that you did that was kind of like a nod to the real life uh, aspect? So I think there are a lot of connections both to real life and to real folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are legends about, there are stories about various magical objects that King Solomon supposedly had. Um, and what's kind of cool about those legends about that folklore, it comes, there's Jewish folklore, there's Islamic folklore. They tend to kind of interweave and blend together through various points of history. Uh, so I drew a lot from that. Um, and I really wanted to ground this story in the real world. So Ben Mortara works at uh, Clark, the classical uh, artifacts research collection at Brandeis University, which is a real thing. I actually got to go to Brandeis a few weeks ago and visit the. That's so cool. Know, visit Clark, which was really cool. Um, and this issue, a lot of the action takes place at the Alhambra Palace in Granada, Spain, which. Uh, is also it's a real place it is a part of Spain's Muslim history um, and is actually connected to some of the legends of the Table of Solomon that's, that say that the table eventually made it to Spain not necessarily Granada but around that area um, for me a lot of this a lot of the joy of writing these cool places is that I get to sort of visit them digitally. I've never been to Spain, but I got to spend a lot of time in Google Maps and Google Earth and Street View and all that sort of stuff, kind of exploring Alhambra. And subsequent issues, we've got um, an issue that takes place in Baku in Azerbaijan, which was like, am I ever going to go there in real life? Probably not, but (laughs) I mean, it's kind of fun to visit and explore. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's another issue in... uh, Istanbul. In Istanbul, oh, that's right. That Istanbul was really fun too, um, and so connecting some of these real places and inventing kind of secret chambers off of the real, actual places and all that um, makes it makes it really fun to write and fun to explore. And then sometimes I do end up going to the places that I write about. One of my recent screenplays um, is set around the ruins of a failed Jewish agricultural colony in Cotopaxi, Colorado. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I we were moving from California back to the East Coast. We did a road trip, and we actually drove through Cotopaxi. And this place mm-hmm. that I had spent months and months and months inhabiting through you know Google images and through my screenplay, I was actually able to go there and look around. And that's so cool. You know, very neat to visit a place for the first time that's already so familiar. Um, but yeah, that's a a lot of the process involves just kind of immersing myself in images of a place and then trying to imagine the action and the fun and the, you know, the zany antics that take place there. 
No, I love it. So cat, I, these character designs are remarkable. What went into creating the cast? Like from the oh. artist uh, point of view. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so for the most part, um, like the design for uh, the three main characters, you got Roni, Ben, and Salman. The groundwork was already kind of laid uh, by Malia Ewart, the cover artist who did the issue one cover. So um, I kind of, even before I did the ash can, like I kind of had an idea of how Ben was supposed to look. So I kind of took that and I made reference sheets just for my myself because that's how I like to organize and I tried to make sure like I like I try to give people like really distinct faces as much as I can so that you know if you took away the hair and their costumes you can still tell who it is so mm -hmm. um yeah but I kind of just wanted to give them all like a nice distinct look and yeah so what was the uh, the the writer artist experience when you got the script and you started working on it? Was there anything that, you know, you wanted to change here and there or did you pretty much stick to the script uh, that was handed to you? Um, I pretty much stuck to things. I asked for a lot of clarification a lot of the time because <laughs> when you get when you get into the nitty gritty of like real places that exist, especially places that aren't familiar to like me as the artist, mm -hmm. um, I think the the most difficult parts were just like, oh, I know you described this in you know the script, but I really can't place where on the grounds of this museum it is because sometimes you know. Um, some, some writers will like give me reference pictures right off the bat and of course are known dead as well, but sometimes I'll have to, I'll, I have to do a lot of, um, like supplementary Googling mm -hmm. and, oh, wow. Let me tell you, I mean, uh, my Google search history is always bizarre as an illustrator. <laughs> like it's, it's always buck wild. My FBI agent who's watching me, I've got to be on a few lists probably. Um, but for this, especially like I, I have to go and try to figure out like, okay, what is you know this <laughs> yeah honestly and i don't know how much that really helps you but i mean just the other day i think i tweeted because i had to look up i was like oh what's the vital place to get stabbed in the torso and then i also had to write a little thing like please don't arrest me i gotta know <laughs> um I mean, you know looking up what do our azerbaijani terrorists wear you know exactly <laughs> like that or like what what kind of artillery is used by certain groups things like that mm -hmm. because i like to get a lot of details down or i like to at least you know you know sometimes it's nice it's just like what's the most popular brand of minivan in azerbaijan and so stuff like that is nice and chill but um yeah so the most difficult part was just like hey what did you mean by this or is this kind of what you're thinking just a lot of back and forth and arnon has been really good about even going so far as to like making entire google docs with like Here's, regarding your question, here's like 87 more images that you That's can That's awesome though. Reference. That is awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I love how in-depth and how close you pay attention to the details. I mean, you you, you don't want like a 2005 Ford uh, 500 over there, right? You got to have uh, cars that are, you know, fitting that era in, in that, uh, that area. So that is awesome. I got to yeah. ask you guys, you know, with... Uh, with a lot of modern day comics not having good representation of Jewish characters and uh, Judaism, you know, how does it feel to be bringing that into the comic field, you know, to be put it, pushing that and in, in giving that more of a light? I mean, it's a, uh, it, it's something that feels very vital and very important, but at the same time, during the day to day, the focus is always, you know, how do we make this an entertaining story? How do we tell this well? How do we make this fun? How do we make this exciting? Um, for me, because I am Jewish, I practice, you know, Judaism fairly traditionally. Um, 
it's just kind of a part of my life. I almost don't even think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it filters into my stories, I find, in a very sort of natural way. It's, it's not a struggle to try to create this stuff. It sort of flows. Um, but the really cool thing for me is when the story is then released, when it's out there in the world and people read it and people come back to me and they say, wow. I just saw myself in a comic book, you know, or I just saw myself in a movie. Um, it's an experience that we don't get very often. And, you know, yes, there are Jews in movies and comics and all that, but they tend to fit a very, very narrow range of character types. You know, there's the angsty secular New Yorker, or there's the opaque Hasidic, you know, kind of old fashioned Jew. Um, and somehow they're all Eastern European and they're all either doctors or lawyers or they work in the entertainment industry. Like those mm-hmm. are like Jewish characters in popular media. That's kind of the the entirety of the range. And so for most of us, we don't really see ourselves in that. Um, I mean, sure, there are angsty New York Jews. There are Jewish doctors, but <laughs> there are also, you know, lots of other types of Jews out there. Um, so for me, part of the joy is in kind of finding new ways to represent a broader range of Judaism through through media. Um, and then, you know, to see people kind of discover it and kind of realize that Judaism, like everything else, like every other ism, like every other identity, mm-hmm. is really a much richer tapestry than, uh, you know, popular entertainment tends to allow no, I, I, and I, I love that because Ben really doesn't fit, you know, those two categories that you're explaining. He's like his own person. He doesn't even realize that uh, he himself is is Jewish. Uh, he finds out through like a DNA test. You know, he does some self digging and finds it out and then has that moment, you know, should I be a man of faith? You know, I really love uh, we were talking backstage about the different layers to this. Uh, Kat, how does it feel, you know, working on this as the artist for, you know, th- this imprint label's first book coming out? Oh, well, I'm I'm very honored to be working on, you know, one of the first books for this imprint. I think it's very exciting. I I myself am not Jewish. Um, I'm actually agnostic, but I was raised in a very, uh, I'll just say like a white evangelical kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I have found it very kind of interesting coming from uh, the background that I grew up in and uh, kind of seeing like the journey that Ben is going on and kind of like feeling that connection to his past and and getting more curious about, you know, all the information behind it, all the vast history, which I think is incredible. So it's awesome, guys. Ben um, Mortara and the Thieves of the Golden Table is hitting comic retailer shelves March 22nd. Right here is the link to pre-order it. If you're unable to pre-order it, simply putting this on Twitter and Facebook is 100% free. Word of mouth goes as far as humanly possible. And that's what we're trying to do today. Uh, very awesome book. I read, you know, issue one, had a blast. How many issues do you guys have planned for the series? Right now we're looking at a four issue arc. Awesome. Um, so it'll come out, you know, March is issue one, then April, May, and June. Uh, did I count that right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that was hard these days. That hard. <laughs> that's that's why I did not become an accountant. Um, Same. <laughs> but uh, yeah, four issue arc, and hey, if this does well, there there could easily easily be more. There are plenty more mysteries for Ben to pursue. Many more hidden magical objects for him to to try to find and recover. Um, 
and Six seasons in a movie. Oh yeah, why not? I'll direct the movie too. Um, but also like. Salman is a fascinating character who I'd love to tell more stories about. And Ronit is a fascinating character who I'd love to tell more stories about. There's there's so much beyond just Ben in this. Uh, I love how mysterious so. she was, too. She didn't give a whole lot. Right. Right. We yeah, learn more yeah. about her a little bit uh, later on, but um, she was fun to write as well. They're yeah, both, it, um, it, Ronit and Salman are both very fun to draw as well. I think they're two of my favorite characters, just because... You know, they're they're on the side and I just love Salman. He's like he's this posh man in like nice shoes and he's mm -hmm. meant to do all this running with his little <laughs> like computer bag. It seems so unfair because he's just kind of like, I'm here to do my job. I'm nicely dressed, and then he mm -hmm. has to just go jogging all over Spain. I don't know. I like him. And I, I just love too, like there's like magical elements to this as well. You know, it just seems like a little bit of everything in this. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, guys, it is time for us to wrap up. Before I let you two go, though, I always love asking for a little bit of advice. And that is for anyone who is getting into comics for the first time, maybe they're dealing with a lack of motivation. They're having trouble just getting started. What would be uh, the biggest piece of advice you could offer someone in that situation to kind of just help them get going? Um, oh, create bad stuff. <laughs> definitely like just write it draw it whatever it is it, you know it's going to be awful the, the first stuff you do is going to be atrocious um and that's wonderful and celebrate that and revel in it because when you create bad stuff it's so easy to figure out why it's bad and what you can do to make it better it gets harder as you write better stuff mm -hmm. um, because then it's harder to figure out what the difference is between the better stuff that you've written and the truly excellent stuff that's going to you know put you on the map um but that i mean that's the the game is is create it's not uh it's not about the the social media or the twitter or the, the awards or the reviews or any of that it's about creating content and then iterating learning from it um and then doing it again and learning from that and doing it again and learning from that and doing it again and as long as you are creating doesn't matter if it's good doesn't matter if anybody reads it um you're on the right track yeah. so that's awesome that's yeah. some good advice thank yeah. you yeah. Uh, Kat, I, would, I would i would say the same thing i actually got some really good advice from previous like mentors of mine in the comics industry and it's just kind of like to draw what you eventually want to get paid to draw um because then people are going to see that and see that it's one of your strengths you're going to get really good at it and there's there's going to be somebody out there who's just like yeah i've got a story in mind for that and i could pay them to do that or i could pitch something to a publisher with this person's drawings or something like that um and, and it's going it to kind of goes along the same lines as what Arnon said it's a uh, it's it's always good practice make fan art draw things that you're passionate about and just put your stuff out there yeah that's some awesome advice. Thank you, Arnon, uh, Kate, or Kat, excuse me, sorry about that. Thank you, okay. too, for swinging by, breaking down this awesome book, and uh, for this awesome chat. I really appreciate it. Everyone watching right here is the link. Make sure to pre-order this once again. If you're unable to, simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter works just as well. Word of mouth is 100% free, and you have nothing to lose. That being said, it is time for us to wrap up. I hope you all have a lovely Thursday, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.